Here we go. You are now listening to Random Rambling with Rock. Yay! What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you very much for giving my show a try. Um, I'm very interested on how you've come to find me and hearing my soft and sultry voice. And um, if somebody referred you to me, uh, give that person a high five a day in your vicinity or do it virtually or use a emoji on your phone. Uh, you know, just some other means of communication if you're not in the general vicinity and whatnot. But uh, yeah, got a guess this episode as per every episode. And um, this dude here, um, I started podcasting in uh you know going on almost three years ago january 13th will be the anniversary of this show and um when i came into podcasting i come across this guy or whatever and um we kind of i kind of you know kind of you know been tracking him because he's a fan of professional wrestling and i'm a fan of professional wrestling and he's turned me on to uh three individuals that i've been still keeping an eye on or whatever, one being Kiara Hogan, who is a former guest of this show. Uh, another one being Athena Reese, which is now a uh, freaking Ember Moon. And um, another lady that I follow on Instagram, uh, not too creepily, uh, Faye Jackson. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, he introduced me to those individuals. Um, I see this dude on the interwebs has all kinds of championship belts and shit. Um, <laughs> did a little bit of... Um, graphic design which you know I, I like to do that as well um, I seen them doing some kind of broadcast and playing drums in the church damn, <laughs> doing some stuff with ESPN hosting radio shows doing podcasts doing some NWO-esque type vignettes <laughs> and I was like well goddamn, this show is coming up on three years and why in the fuck since I've been internet stalking this dude haven't I had him on the show yet <laughs> so my guess this episode, this edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast is Brian Waters. How are you, sir? I'm good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Wow, man, it's amazing how um, the internet, you can learn so much from somebody, you know. Um, and I just think it's amazing that you said um, it was Kiara Hogan, Athena, or now we know her as Ember Moon, and um, Faye Jackson, you know, those are you know, three, probably three good interviews I had. I'm mad about the Athena one because it was so close to the speakers at WrestleCon in 2013. Um, and I remember thinking like, man, this girl is it. You remember when she was, is now called the um, Eclipse, but at the time it was yeah. called the O-Face. And oh, the Hussy Buster. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, you took it back, you know? Um, and then just, you know, seeing when she did that, I was just like amazed. And then, you know, fast forward, then there was, uh, you know, watching Kier Hogan. I was right there when I was working with WSU Wrestling, when she became the spirit champion, you know, and I was like literally ringside as holding the phone because I was doing the social media for them. And I was like, you know, I, let's be real. I knew she was going to get the title. I knew she was going to get the title before she did. So I wanted to make sure I was in that right spot, that right location. Um, you know, because I knew she was, I knew, like, you know, I was real close with the booker, and, you know, I guess I'm breaking the fourth wall here. But he told me, he said, yeah, we're, we're putting the belt on Kiara Hogan. I said, wait, we just, you just put the belt on Sue, young, last month or last show. He said, don't worry, we got big plans for her. Um, but then, you know, and especially like Faye Jackson, you know, actually met Faye Jackson at, if, it's, if it wasn't that show, it was the next WSU show when she came there. And, you know, she was just somebody hanging out in the locker room. And, you know, we got cool. And now we talk here and there probably about, I'd say probably about once, you know, two, three times a month, you know, just checking in. So, uh, you know, it's really cool. Uh, you know, it got to give a shout out to the real Dwayne Allen because the uh, NWO-esque video, that was something we had planned in 2015 when I was still working at ESPN. We said, um, you know, we was trying to figure out, okay, man, when I, you know, by this time, January, I knew I was coming back to Baltimore and I said, look, um, this is what we're going to do, man. We got we to gotta do it big. We got to come back. And 
he said, man, what if we could recreate this? And it was one thing to have an idea, but when you can actually put that together and make it happen, that was the, uh, you know, that was the fun part. Definitely the blessing right there. Yeah. I mean, shit. How long has it? I mean, well, hold on, before I even get into all that stuff mm-hmm. or whatever, you talking about breaking the fourth wall and stuff. Um, when I had Kira <laughs> Hogan here on the podcast, it was mm-hmm. right before she signed her freaking impact deal or whatever. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. we was recording everything and she told me, she's like, oh yeah, I just signed with impact. I'm gonna start tapings in uh, September or whatever the case may be. And we was just talking about it and everything. And then she was like, uh, I think toward the end of the interview or not too long after we finished speaking about it, she was like, um, could you not air that part? Because uh, <laughs> you know I haven't told anybody else yet and you know, I just wanna make sure my shit is legit before I start you know, telling people what I'm doing. And I was mm-hmm. like, Okay, I can respect that. I, I I I respect your wishes. I cut it out the episode. I published the episode. The next day, she announced she was signing with Impact. I was like, motherfucker! <laughs> I was like, you, it, you, you know how nice it would have been if you could have broke that, you know? I said, you couldn't let me have the exclusive. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But you talk about WrestleCon. I got to meet her at a uh, WrestleCon as well. And uh, okay, which one this year? Yeah, this or past or? year this past year okay and it's uh, like you know tv actually does you know change a person like how they look on tv versus what they look like in real life because like I, I see you on tv and all these videos and everything i'm like okay and then i seen that person i was like well okay <laughs> well <laughs> goddamn <laughs> you know yeah but uh it was it was kind of awkward for me because like it's weird because like all right i can sit here and talk with you we having a conversation and everything i mean i feel like i can talk to anybody but like mm-hmm. you know people in the professional wrestling realm because i damn see, see how i did that wrestling realm i know um, <laughs> I, 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 I see them on tv i watch wrestling just about all my life and you know mm-hmm. i got so much respect for the business and them and uh, you know the individuals that do the craft so I mean, I get in that vicinity and I see these people, even though I may have talked to like her before, you know, doing these interviews. I was nervous as fuck, and I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like nervous to talk to any of the motherfuckers in there, cause like oh, wow. I never been to a WrestleCon before or a convention of any form. So okay. that in itself was a culture shock for me. I never did a meet and greet. I never did none of that shit before. So I guess there's an etiquette with doing things like that, you know, cause mm. like. What I peeped from it being my first experience, it was like, okay, these motherfuckers, some of these motherfuckers was charging to like take a picture with them. Mm-hmm. And some people were charging for, you know, an autograph or some weren't. And so I was just like, I didn't know who to go up to and be like, hey, can I snap a picture with you real quick? Because he was right. like, I right, $20. And I'd be like, oh, 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 I didn't know you was a pay booth, my bad. <laughs> so I just kind of walked by like I seen Teddy Long I shook his hand I was like thank you for everything you've done for professional wrestling and um, you, the impact you've made on many different people's lives because like me personally if somebody came up to me and said some shit like that to me I'd been like well goddamn, thank you I appreciate that very much because I, I feel mm-hmm. like often people don't tell other people things like that you know Yeah. but yeah Kara Hogan is the bomb Yeah, you know, man, one of the things just in this um, business, and I would never dare say that I'm like a super, um, you know, super host or somebody who's, uh, you know, big time name or whatever. But I have been in places where um, people have come up to me and say, hey, man, especially when we first started this. and, you know, going to the local independent shows, people come and say, hey, man, you know, it's good to see you meet somebody on the show. I mean, I met you. I listen to your show all the time. And I'm like, OK, cool. My first thing is, OK, so how'd you find it? You know, they say the YouTube or friends. OK, you know, it's always been thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and even like when I take my belt, so shout out to my brother, Corey, from the wrestling marks of excellence. He will have uh, Corey has, I think, I lost count, probably 15 belts. Well, damn. And, you know, I just. A lot of times, like when we take our belts and people say, hey, can I take a picture of you? And most of the time it's with him. You see it with him all the time. But just like if, you know, he'll have like his five and I have my two and I'm like, OK, whatever. And people will come up to say, can we get a picture with y'all? Just absolutely. You know, especially kids. And I don't know one time sometimes we was at WrestleMania 28 and um, a former friend was like, man, you just let everybody take a picture with your belt. I'm like, man, look. 
these kids, I've been there. Even some of the adults, maybe they can't afford them or they just choose not to buy them. You know, some people say they can't bring themselves to buy them. I don't, I tell people in a minute, I'm not a sneakerhead, you know. Um, yeah. I haven't bought a belt in about five years, but I plan to soon. I want the, you know, the one that Daniel Bryan holds right now. Yeah. But um, I like, you know, I look at it like, hey, you know, there's a bond. It's an instant bond, an instant connection when you meet another wrestling fan. You know, I work mm-hmm. at uh, Johns Hopkins in media relations, um, but in our marketing and communications office, I never forget I, one of my good friends now. I met him because I was standing there talking to a coworker about some real work and I just happened to glance over and he had a um, Finn Balor beanie attached to his book bag. And I just slid over and said, wait, you're a wrestling fan? He's like, huh? <laughs> How, 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 he kind of looked at us like, well, how would you know? And I said, I see you got Finn Balor right there. You're a wrestler fan. He's like, yeah, this happened probably about, see, about five or six months ago. We Every day or at least um, one part during the day, if not, that, like I didn't get a chance to talk to him today. Definitely going to talk to him tomorrow because we got to talk to Survivor Series. But we always talk wrestling, you know, and it's just that connection and instant bond as you alluded to, you know, how you was able to find me and me uh, able to find you. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like it's a billion dollar industry now, you know, with the new deals that WWE is uh, taking on with Fox and all this other stuff. And you would feel like a lot of people would know what wrestling is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like podcasting, man. It's just like podcasting been around for over a decade now, maybe even longer than that. And mm-hmm. still to this day, 2018, there's a lot of people who don't know what a podcast is, how to download the motherfucker, how to listen to it, <laughs> and everything. So I mean, it, it's, it's just weird. It's like I, I I keep using the word, but it's like a little niche thing or whatever. And if you in the know about it it's like a secret handshake it was like oh, yeah i see that you you know like how much work goes into this you know and i just the one thing that i always appreciate about your show was the presentation you know like you say you do a little bit of graphic design and you know one thing i'm gonna do is when i before i listen to a show i'm always gonna look at the graphics and i can tell if somebody just if there's actually creativity or they just put some words together mm-hmm. you know um and so I could always see that with yours. And, you know, you know the amount of time that it goes into this. You know, I remember, you know, like, for instance, when we started this, you know, and I met I, first I had another show with my cousin it was called Wrestle Talk with Bear and B-Dub. And it was like, OK, I was excited because I knew how to do the um, recording and I hadn't even gone back to school yet. I took a three year hiatus from college after, well, in between community college and um, undergrad. But I had went um, I went to, you know, me and my cousin, we were just talking right after his dad died. And we, you know, just talking. I would call him, check on him, say, man, we just want to check on you. Good. And he was always, I always considered him the wrestling encyclopedia. Like he would get up and, you know, he would just ask me random questions, even sometimes this day. And he was like, man, I watched this thing. And I was like, man, I want to say something. I said, man, we can create a show. We created our show, but it wasn't any type of like great presentation. I was like a real amateur Photoshop at the time. And it was cool, you know. Um, But then, you know, he kind of got some distracted and got in trouble and, you know, happened to go back to school the second semester. That's where I met the real Dwayne Allen. I was just talking about the wrestling show. Uh, No, my friend, she was talking about it. I was like, wait, we ain't got to talk about my show right now. She was like, no, he got a show. And Dwayne is like, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And this was 2011 here. And, you know, we that spring and uh into that summer we built the wrestling room and here we are seven years later you know um and and it's crazy because we really had a you could say a three-year hiatus you know i mean we was able we were still doing like social media stuff but as far as the actual show it was a a break because i had moved to connecticut Hmm. and it was like man you know but Shout out to my boys on the flex zone. They would have us on there. So still, you're still getting a piece of the wrestling realm. You know, it just might not be the formal show like, you know, we were able to eventually do again. Okay, cool. Um, man, it's just uh, what you were saying about the graphic design and everything. I'm like relearning. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's like I still have the knowledge from the computer. You know, I could sit in front of the computer and use Photoshop, you know, pretty well. 
mm-hmm. but it's like now I'm relearning it through the iPad and all the other mobile yeah. devices and everything. Because I man, I, I tell you what, I got that uh, iPad Pro with the the Apple Pencil. I, yeah, I freaking love that shit, man. So you got Photoshop on there? Um, well, they don't have. They just announced with the new release of these iPad Pros that they are doing a full functional Photoshop app for it. They have like okay. a, a, a smaller version of it already out like there. Like on the cell phone. Yeah, but they coming that, out with a fully functional Photoshop app for the new iPad Pros and everything. But there's another app that is um, a iP- um, Photoshop equivalent called uh, Affinity. So they got an Affinity... Uh-huh. Affinity Photo, which is like Photoshop. Then they have Affinity Designer, which is like Adobe Illustrator. Okay. So I'm using both of those on my iPad right now. If you ever see me do any of like the little doodle sketches, the digital sketches or whatever, I, mm-hmm. I use uh, Adobe Draw. I'm going to have to try that out. Yeah, Adobe Draw is fucking fun. That's that's the one that I started out with when I started okay. using um, the tablet with the pencil. But um, I use Adobe um, draw is free and um, then I went over to um, an art program called Procreate mm-hmm. which you can use various brushes make it look like an oil painting and all kind of other effects and everything sometimes I do it in Adobe Draw and I transfer it to Procreate and I kind of give it those other touches because they have a more variety of brushes and textures and everything and then um, when I do like logos and text fonts and everything I use the affinity designer so uh, yeah I'm just like retooling and relearning looking at YouTube videos trying to do all this stuff over again on the freaking tablet because it's weird without a goddamn keyboard yeah yeah and I'm definitely check it out I have an iPad Pro that I use for work um, so you know I definitely have to check that out yeah because it's, it's uh, easier with um i found with the i probably just don't know how to do it yet because like i said i'm relearning all the stuff but with adobe draw like i can draw a circle and okay. as long as the lines are connected i can just mm-hmm. uh, long press inside the circle and it'll fill it in with whatever color i want oh wow but with um design i think you have to do use the pen tool like how you would in photoshop and um put it on fill so you can do all the other crazy junk but yeah i digress yeah. <laughs> um, we we spoke on wrestling, all the championship belts and stuff you hold and everything. What got you into professional wrestling? What drew you to it? Um, I was in the womb, and <laughs> my mother said, and she will tell you. Uh, she actually wrote about this in a school paper when she had went back to college. Um, she knew I was going to be a boy when every time she was on bed rest and every time Vince McMahon would come on the television and I was born in 86 so yeah this is like the spring of 86 I was born in August she goes he would say welcome to the World Wrestling Federation and I would start jumping (laughs) and she said and she wrote in the paper and this child was doing backflips and uh, suplexes in my stomach Um, but you know I remember just Growing up, you know, it was just kind of always there. Like, I don't remember a time where I wasn't watching it, except a brief hiatus when we didn't have cable in 90s. We got rid of our cables the summer 97. And then I forgot that there was a shotgun Saturday night until the summer night, June of 98, right before the 98 King of the Ring. And it was like I got right back into it at the perfect time. But, um, yeah, you know, that was the thing. It was watching it with my uncle's um and my dad and my grandfather and my mother eventually being on bed rest got her hooked on wrestling um, <laughs> because she hated it growing up because my grandfather was watching my uncles were watching she was like you know I don't like this mess but because she was couldn't get up and you know this is the day when you didn't have a remote you had to get up and turn the TV so next thing you know she got hooked Hulkamania ran wild and she was a huge fan which led to me becoming a huge fan and you know I just kind of stayed with it Man, um, from I mean, we've seen just life in general change from the time mm-hmm. you know we were young boys all the way up until now. Um, as far as professional wrestling goes, um, what do you think has uh changed the most for the better and for the worse? So, 
for the I'll start with the worst. The worst is the amount of access we have to it. <laughs> and and I give you this um, example. So we watch it differently. And a lot of people like to talk about ratings, but you really can't bank on that as much because we consume television different. Case in point, yesterday, the real Dwayne Allen and I was sitting here watching Survivor Series at my house. Yeah. My son is in the basement with us playing his Nintendo Switch. And he goes, we looked at, he said something like, oh, what's going on? But he's got his head in his switch. Now, if we fast forward this 20 years ago, if my dad and my uncle would have been in our house, which, you know, Survivor Series back in the day was four pay-per-views. And I, I always say that the Survivor Series for was, you know, at that time was the one on Wednesday night, the day before Thanksgiving, you know. Um, but I was in tune. Nothing else mattered. I wasn't playing my Game Boy. Didn't want to play my nothing. But we looked at him and he was, we was like, why don't you just watch the pay-per-view? He's like, well, you know, I'll catch you later. And that's what my, and Dwayne was like, he's a, he's a spoiled wrestling kid. They have access to it. <laughs> so while wow, that's great because we don't have to spend nowhere near the amount of money, like literally every pay-per-view, you know, and I think about like, man, you know, if, and, and I, I thought, I was like, wait, I think 90 between we got, my parents bought me, um, WrestleMania 93, which was, I should say, WrestleMania uh, 9, SummerSlam 93. I want to say we got, yeah, we got Survivor Series 93, Royal Rumble 94, um, WrestleMania 10. So that's what, four or five straight pay per views, right? And I just realized that just now talking, where as when they started doing it in your houses, I wasn't getting those all the time. Yeah. So I think because of what's changed for the worst is that sometimes that instant access with social media, while it's great, it can be annoying because we tend to one forget they're human beings. Two, with kayfabe being dead, you have people who get upset if if uh, they see Charlotte and Ronda Rousey make an appearance today because they just beat the smack out of each other. But at the same time, what's great is when you have this network, you have all this access to wrestling at your fingertips. So the WWE puts on pay-per-views overseas. We can watch that at work depending on the type of job you have. Yeah. You know, Um you, but I will say the thrill of picking up the phone on Monday mornings or Monday after school is gone. Remember when if you didn't order a pay-per-view, but say your best friend or your cousin did, you could always pick up the phone. Hey, man, what happened? Yeah. You know, and that used to be for me the summer of 98. Um I'm pretty sure you, you know, I mean, I guess it was illegal back then, but, you know, this, I guess we could talk about it now. Yeah. Pretty sure you knew somebody who had a hot box. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so one of my friends had one and he saw every pay-per-view. So whenever there was a pay-per-view, that would be the first thing I would do that that Monday morning during the summer. Let me pick up and call my boy, Daryl. Yo, who won? And I would ask him for the whole rundown, you know, um, so that's the thing. Um, you know, I understand kayfabe is dead, but sometimes, you know, you just want a little bit of it. And I think the, the main thing that bothers me um, is just the fact that people portray they did the Internet. While the Internet is a great thing because hence we're having this show because of the Internet. Yeah. And it's cool that you and I could just sit back and talk wrestling. So if something happens in a day and age, like, you know, breaking news happened during the show. I mean, during the day, I go to my man, Phil, who I work with and just say, hey, man, did you hear this? Did you hear that? You know, it's just like, you know how um, you're, you're a huge sports fan. You know how when a trade happens, you want to run, talk, talk to some, talk about it with somebody. Well, now we have social media so you can DM somebody, you can text somebody and say, hey, you see this, you know. So that's the cool part. But at the same time, when people just when you can sit back and enjoy a show and then people go in and then they just completely rip and complain about it, then it's like, all right, it's enough of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the gift and the curse, right? 
Yep. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've, I've spoke about it many times. I sat at WrestleMania down there in New Orleans, and I seen people boo and scream and be pissed off at the, um, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So and the and it was like bizarre because it was like ah oh, you suck and then the person that they were booing the whole show when they would win or whatever the hell like I think in one case it was Brock Lesnar he was like yeah you suck I hate you go back to UFC and that motherfucker won and mm-hmm. he, that same person was like yeah I knew he could do it and I was like what the fuck yep <laughs> it's, it's the whole thing of like all right I'm here just to kind of like fit in with everybody else but at the same time you don't have to fit in with everybody else just because this whole section over here is booing because you read the shit of uh, all the negative shit on the internet or whatever Mm -hmm. you have to feel the same way you know (laughs) now do you um, in Wrestlemania season do you kind of like turn it off as far as like the internet rumors well I mean is is weird in any case because I try whether it be wrestling or movies or whatever it is I try to avoid everything and, okay. and it's hard to do because I do this so yeah. I'm always <laughs> on the internet you know for this and mm-hmm. but the thing that would piss me off the most is like alright I would have to work or something or my schedule would prevent me from watching a pay per view or you know WWE whatever the case may be and I avoid it all day. I don't get on Twitter as much because I know I follow a whole bunch of wrestling fans. I don't don't get on Facebook because I have a sprinkling of wrestling fans on there that might retweet some stuff. And uh, Instagram, you know, I try hard to stay off of that as well. But it's something that I'm doing for this motherfucking show that requires me to pick up my phone and then open one of these apps and the first thing I see, not even scrolling down, not even scrolling up, but as soon as I open the app, Somebody a title change. Somebody holding a belt. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it! I tell you, you you bring up you brought up a soft spot right there. Royal Rumble 2016. Um, if you, you may remember, that was the same night as the NFC Championship game between the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals. So as that game, which was a blowout by the way, is wrapping up. You know, I'm I'm a Ravens fan, but. You know, we know what color Cam is, so that's what I was rooting for. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting there, and I'm on Instagram, and I'm scrolling up, and what do I see? The WWE official Instagram has a picture of AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. I was heated. I'm like, you really just gave away the surprise on Instagram and that's what they kept doing for every like and it was like okay here's the next person here's the next person I'm like this is whack <laughs> you know and it was so funny because my son he didn't even know who AJ Styles was he was like I was like he's here yes and he was like who's that and then six months later he's one of his favorite wrestlers I think AJ Styles is everybody's favorite wrestler <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah man it, it it fucking sucks sometimes, man. I just like I, I legitimately want to be surprised. I had um uh, we have a podcast group on Twitter, you know, a little group DM and everything, and just we all speak between each other, you know, compare notes, you know, bounce mm-hmm. ideas off each other, a little think tank. And dude had a uh, a theory on Avengers four, the new movie that's coming out or whatever. He was like, "Hey man, could y'all read this and um give me your thoughts?" And I was like. I was half in and out of the conversation, so I seen, hey, could you read this for me? And then as soon as I pull it up, I see the headline of Avengers 4 Theory. I was like, nope, I can't read this shit. <laughs> I don't want to know nothing about Avengers 4. I don't want to know no theories. I don't want to know hypothesis, no thesis, nothing. I don't want to know nothing about the daggone movie. I want to wait till May when it come out, and I want to go see it fresh. Because it was the same thing with that freaking... uh. Captain Marvel movie. They they yep. they dropped the Taylor the Taylor. Goddamn, they dropped the trailer, and I was like, <laughs> nope, not gonna look at it. <laughs> I feel you. Because I mean, it just because oh, man, because I'm used to that old stuff, man. It's just like you was talking about the pay per views, and like I I never bought any back then because they were so mm-hmm. expensive. But as soon as that motherfucker hit the 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 freaking VCR shelf. I was in Blockbuster, freaking video gallery, somewhere <laughs> getting the tape so I can rent it and watch it. Oh man, Blockbuster, man. You know, I got my share of wrestling uh, videos from them as well. 
Yeah, and it was just like uh, with that place toward the end when it was like going down and everything. I used to be in there even more frequently because they would have the bomb ass movie sales and shit. You can get like five, six movies for twenty dollars. I was like, all right, <laughs> buy them up. Yeah. No, I mean you, you you have a quite a vast collection of uh professional wrestling belts. Is there anything else that you collect or whatever? Because like me, I got movies all over this place right now. I would, like I said, you would only see a silhouette if I turn the camera on right now. But <laughs> so um, you might can see, um, you know, you might can see right here is my whole collection of uh, wrestling Blu-rays as well as wrestling DVDs. So uh, on the left are the biographies of the Blu-ray biographies and then in the middle are the Blu-ray specialty matches or like the true story of Royal Rumble yeah. or Attitude Era, stuff like that. Then this is of course the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, then I have all the, you know, I these are the, just the biography DVDs and then all the specialty DVDs, and then of course PlayStation Four games. But one of the things I got into was the um, the Funko Pops. I knew you was gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, I would have to count. I think I'm up to about fifty. Uh, and you know, so here's the thing: I'm probably <laughs> one of the few people that you know who's a wrestling fan that was not a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just never really got into it. It was the only thing that was, I guess, comic book esque was Power Rangers and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um. So I have the Mighty Morphin because I didn't like the other ones, but I have the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers pops, um, and then I have the uh, Mortal Kombat pops. But um, you know, I started to like. I was like, no, nah, that's it. I mean, first it was just going to be wrestling, and my first pop was the, excuse me, the um Hollywood Hogan that came with the um. WWE video game and then um, so I was waiting and I got that when I was in Connecticut I was like alright I'm not getting no more until I move but then I saw a, kind of a steal with uh, Daniel Bryan and Macho Man I said alright I'm gonna get those and then I'm not getting any more and until when, once I moved back to Baltimore I got a bunch of them and I had a good friend of mine who uh, hooked me up with some so I have quite a few uh, of those so but um, I don't do the action figures only because I I never got into it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny because I'll buy my son the action figures and he'll play with them. Um, you know, I just go ahead and let him enjoy them. He likes looking at the Funko Pops. He's like, oh, Dad, you got this one. You got that one. I got him. Uh, I had a deal. It was like GameStop was running a deal. Buy like one or buy two, get one free. And I already had like I need I was getting Braun and somebody else. And. And I was like, well, I need to get one more. And I said, like, all right, you know what? I'll give me the Black Panther one. I got that for him. And he's like, can I open it? I said, yeah, you can open it. It's yours, you know, but I don't open mine. Yeah, I don't either. And and that was the thing I had to do to kind of like, you know, limit myself. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this this how the Funko Pop thing happened for me. I seen it. I started seeing it all taking off and everything. I was like, okay, <laughs> so I don't get too deep into this. I will only limit my Funko Pop collection to wrestling figures. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the same here. So I so I did that, and then um, my second uh, rule was I can only get the Funko Pop if I'm in if I'm in person. So I can't okay. go online and I in order the Funko Pop. I have to be in the store with the Funko Pop so I can buy it. That's the only way I can get it. So it has to be wrestling and I have to be able to go somewhere physically and buy it. So that keeps me from getting online and fill up my goddamn Amazon cart full of junk <laughs> and mm-hmm. buying all these Funko Pops. But, I definitely uh, got the Ultimate Warrior that way. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I slowly started breaking my rule. I, brought, I bought one Deadpool Funko Pop and then um, that was the only one outside of wrestling. And I think I bought the Young Bucks Funko Pops because I couldn't find them in a hot topic, and I really wanted those. Mm-hmm. And I, can, I haven't been able to find those either. The one time I did see them, the box was messed up. And I will say, I did put myself on a hiatus when we were um, in the midst of uh, closing on our home. And I said to myself, I didn't even tell my wife this, but I said, all right, you know what? I'm not buying a Funko Pop until we move. And lo and behold, 
<laughs> we moved on a Friday. That Monday, I went to Target and I got Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Because it was, and Target, for the most part, had them cheapest because I think theirs was only $7.99. That's where I got Eva Marie's. Yeah. What, what do you think about that, Eva Marie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I liked her, you know. I, so here's my, I, I have a thing where I always respect anybody who's willing to get into the squared circle. Yeah. Um, I went in there and uh, shout out to Kendrick. Um, he, oh man, what's his nickname? But yeah, Kendrick, he's a wrestler here in uh, Baltimore and, you know, some places on the East Coast. Uh, has a very uh, vampire gimmick. Yeah. Um, he showed me how to take a bump. What happened? I was oh, working on. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah, I was working with RCW, um, Real Championship Wrestling. Um, it was the second to last show, and he said, um, you know, I got in the ring and I was just kind of bouncing around the ropes, and he was like, "Let me show you how it's done." I said, "Sure." So he showed me how to run the ropes. Then he said, "All right, so we do this thing called bumps." Now in my head, I'm like, "I don't need to learn that." But, you know, my pride as a man. Yeah. And then he's taking this time to offer you this knowledge, you know. You can't turn that down. And if I do that, I'm disrespecting the business, right? So he said, you know, we do this thing called bumps. And he showed me. Showed me how to take a bump. Don't tuck your chin. First time I tucked my chin, man. I kid you not. I saw some stars. Then I tried again. I was like, oh, he said, yeah, it takes a while. You got to get used to it. My shoulders was hurting for a whole three days. And I said, you know what? I will never call. I never did anyway. But that's one of the reasons why I don't call it fake. Mm -hmm. And while there are some very bad wrestlers out there, people who shouldn't have stepped in, you know, I will respect them for trying. Like even Marie, you know, you watch Told Divas and I know a lot of that stuff is for show, but I respect her for getting in the ring. Yeah. Now, the same way I say that now, that guy named Enzo and Moore is sometimes just look at him like, I'm like Dude, I don't know what's up with you. But, <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time, if you know, I will correct anybody. So, oh, yeah, you know, that's fake, right? That's predetermined. Yeah, scripted. <laughs> Yeah, do not call the business fake unless you're in it. If you're Kevin Nash or somebody, yeah, you have the right. But when I see people, um, you know, I, I I went to WrestleCon uh, for WrestleMania 29 with me and Young rode up with her, you know, seeing people like her putting their bodies on the line a year ago. We're coming up on a one year anniversary when she, you know, broke broke her ankle in the ring, you know, Um just seeing people like that, you know, I was talking to Ariella Nix on um, Twitter yesterday. She was talking about she wrestled two matches. I'm like, man, you know, I was, I was getting ready to put the wrestling for the culture together for this week. And I'm like, you know what? This is why I don't call this business fake because it's too much. It hurts, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Because uh, I've told the story many times about me, you know, doing training. You know, mm-hmm. I got to actually train for almost about a almost a year. Oh wow! And I can remember the first actual contact within the training. Uh, mm-hmm. Big ass six foot three, three hundred pound motherfucker clothesline me. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, it didn't feel good. <laughs> Teeth clacked together and everything, and then I was just on the ground. It was real quick. <laughs> yeah. But man, uh, you talk about um, what it is. Uh, I lost it. <laughs> I was re- I was reliving that goddamn clothesline just now. I forgot where the hell I was going. I was going down just then. <laughs> but um, shit. Um, ESPN. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, like I said, I, I I was stalking your profiles and stuff, and you know, I seen the, um, you talking about it. Then the opportunity actually came up. I seen you in the studio a couple times or whatever. What was that experience like? So. ESPN, man, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I met some lifelong friends there. Um, you know, um, I got the job through the National Association of Black Journalists Convention mm-hmm. in 2013, held in Orlando. And um, you know, I went down there, got a chance to, um, you know, and when I tell you NABJ is you know, short term, it's a party. Um, and it's, a, it's a great, you have black people all together where nine to five it's an opportunity to network and grow afterwards it's party time you know and granted you still got to be on your p's and q's but you know anytime you put black people together you'll have a good time yeah for me you know 
it was like I was like focused. My goal is I had to land a job fresh out of college. I did not want to be like, oh, man, you know, I got this degree. Can't use it. So I went there. Um, the first, they had a job fair that Thursday. ESPN does this on mentor breakfast. Did the mentor breakfast at what time was it? Seven thirty, about eight forty-five. It was over nine o'clock. The job fair started nine o three. I was in ESPN's line talking to them, and um, a lady by the name of Tracy Mack gave me, um, you know, an interview with her. She uh, said, "Well, would you want to move to Connecticut?" And I was like, "Sure, sure. you know, it's cold up there." I was like, "How cold is it?" She said, "Well, here's Aaron." Um, you could talk to him. Aaron went to school in Virginia, so he can kind of help you get adjusted to climate change. And Aaron and I still friends to this day. Neither one of us still there, but um, still friends to this day. He hosts the No Rules podcast. And, um, you know, um, going there, I did multiple jobs. Um, <laughs> I sound like a wrestler. I did multiple assignments. Um, one, I was um in sales quality control, which you're watching ESPN two. Well, my assignment was to watch ESPN two all day. So watch at the time of Mike and Mike in the morning, first take at the time it was his and hers, make sure all the sales elements ran properly. So uh, they had the fresh subway, fresh take hotline. So anytime they had a guest on the phone, so I had to make sure that those ads ran, make sure that the anchors said what they were supposed to say, or if it was watching a college football game, make sure like if they did the, um, the Geico um, Player of the Week or something like Affleck um, trivia question, stuff like that. So I did that for four months, moved on to what they call ABC News 1. ABC News 1 was all the ABC affiliates throughout the country would go through them to get footage. So if you have a small station, say in Texas, who don't have the resources to send somebody to cover the Mavericks game, but they wanted the highlights, they contact ABC News One. So what I would do, send the Maverick highlights to, well, I would send all highlights over to New York, the central station. As they get it, they would send it out to ABC News One. So I did that for about two and a half months, then moved on to highlights, which was just, you know, kind of watching the game. And then you had to edit the highlights. So I remember growing up, I thought just like some big time producer who like edited the highlights for sports. So I was like, no, that's the production assistant. So my first highlight was um, a Lakers game between uh, the Lakers and the Blazers, which um, the Lakers won. It was like, man, it was really cool. My first highlight was my favorite team. Then um, after I did that, I um, moved to Mike and Mike for seven months, which was fun. I got to um, one. The schedule was three thirty in the morning to ten in the morning, so it was an easy schedule Monday through Friday. So it was great, um, and I worked out, especially around the time my daughter was born. So. I was able to be there. And then afterwards, I worked in social media, which really helped make me more marketable because I was able to learn how to produce social media content, which is how I ended up at Johns Hopkins. But during that time, I mean, I got a chance to see Brock Lesnar. Uh, We actually produced. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say what happened. You know, uh, <laughs> so Brock Lesnar and you know somebody might come back and get me, but you know it's not like I'm leaking the footage one because I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. But um, you, you may have heard of Reese Waters. He was um, yeah. on this, yeah. So Reese and Brock was doing this content for social media, and I had to film it, and it was um, mind you, this is right before. So the night before Brock was in. Minnesota and he came to Connecticut the next day because we're getting ready for SummerSlam 2015. Remember, that was him versus Undertaker yeah. when Undertaker um, made him pass out. Doing that, um, so this was actually my last week, but I kind of said, I said, wait a minute, Brock Lesnar's coming on Tuesday. So I went to my supervisor, I said, look, if Brock's coming, can I come in early? He was like, well, you know, because what happened, I actually went to work on my day off to uh, help them kind of get prepared. And I said, look, can can I come in and work with uh, in the morning instead of in the evening? You already got two people in the evening. So he was like, yeah, that should be fine. So I said, cool. Yes, I'm going to get to see Brock. So we get there. It was like eight o'clock. They already told us. WWE said, no, Brock cannot do nothing physical because we wanted him to like pick up a fax machine and stuff like that. Right. They said, no, you can't do that. 
so it's a sit down with him and Reese Waters, and he was supposed to like make all these jokes. And the whole point was like kind of make some jokes. And Reese, I mean, and Reese would try to make jokes. Brock wouldn't laugh, and that was supposed to be a part of it. Then he said, "We said, do not make fun of his ears. Do not mention Hulk Hogan." What do Reese Waters do? He makes fun of his ears and he mentions Hulk Hogan. And I'll never forget my boy Baron was standing next to me and he said he had to look at me to make sure that the um the regret the world was still moving because he said when he looked at Reese and Brock, it looked like Brock was going to rip him apart. But afterwards they took a selfie together and we they at ESPN they had a no um picture policy. Yeah. Um because they want fans to feel they wanted the celebrities to not feel like they run into a bunch of fans so that was the rules like but if you you know you work with the person sometimes you might say hey can we grab a picture together or you know but they had to put that in the rule book like i got a picture with chris weidman from the ufc um but that was it i think you know i did see like when i was there i saw drake i saw lil wayne um i saw nelly shannon sharp you know, this is before. This is when Shannon Sharp was in between CBS and Fox. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um, but I was mad. Trust and believe. I was mad when The Rock was there, and I didn't get to see him. Oh. Um, you know. And everybody was like, "Oh man!" And I saw so many people take pictures with him. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I don't want to talk to none of y'all. Um, you know, I saw Hogan, but Hogan was like, I saw him because they had this special something going on. And my friend texted me, Hulk Hogan is on campus. I said, OK, cool. Got in my car, drove over there, man. And he was like pulling off going so him and Jimmy Hart was getting in his truck, get ready to leave. But, you know, it was great. Um, I helped um, I helped them with. So I was off doing WrestleMania 31, but my the person who was working didn't really know how to didn't really know wrestling. So I was while I was off, I was writing the tweets for him via text message. You know, and me, Daniel Bryan now being my favorite wrestler, I wanted to make sure Daniel Bryan got some love. So I said when, you know, he remember he won the Intercontinental title, I said, make sure you put Daniel Bryan, the leader of the Yes movement, uh uh, uh, wins the Intercontinental Champion, becoming a Grand Slam Champion. Like I made sure that was in there. Then I said, "All right, we got to write something for Cena because he's beat Rusev and he's the first person to beat Rusev, and now he's a U.S. U.S. Champion." Then I said, "Oh, now you here's the here's how you explain Seth Rollins cashing in his money in the bank." And I remember the joke was when Steve Levy had did the read on Sports Center, and it was like, and he has this briefcase and. And he's going out there, you know. But I got to work with Jonathan Coachman, too. And, you know, and, and Todd Grissom. My favorite person um, was uh, Robert Flores, though, without a shadow of a doubt. The absolute one, probably one of the best people ever to work at ESP, uh, best anchors, you know. Because um, Rob would sometimes, mind you, and this is how we talked about having the access to the network earlier, right? Yeah. Rob would sit there and... I, I would be working, getting ready for his show. He did the Midnight Sports Center. And I would be putting together stuff. And I would say, you, hey, Rob, you watching NXT? He said, yeah, man. This, uh, hey, Brian. He was like, come, come over here. Come over to the station. Man, look at this. And I was like, okay, Rob, I got to get ready to work on your show. I can't watch wrestling with you, you know? Um, and then he would log in. He, he, especially when he discovered he could log in and watch Monday Night Raw. So that stuff was like really cool being able to work with somebody like him. Sweet. Man, you just went down memory lane, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You, you was going, man. <laughs> My bad. No, 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 that's fine. That's what this is for. That's that's what I need to hear. Oh, um, <laughs> well, shit. I mean, as far as the things that you're doing now, whatever, I mean, what, what are you doing now? Because I, I don't think you do that anymore, do you? No. So, you know, I'm, I'm working at uh, Johns Hopkins Medicine and Media Relations. Um, basically, I just actually got back from Chicago uh, last week um, where I went to the um, American Heart Association scientific meeting. So basically, I just get to produce social media content. The doctors come out with the complicated research and we put it on social media so that the news can pick it up and whatnot. So I'm doing that, um, you know, and 
of course, still doing the wrestling realm, uh, doing my weekly uh, column, Wrestler for the Culture. Well, it started off as an um, article and internet um, web content, but now I, you know, turn it into a video series, you know, so, um, and, you know, just pretty much doing that. Sweet. Now, um, as far as the, the social media marketing and everything, what are one of the your snags that you run into uh, doing that type of job because I, I can imagine it can be frustrating sometimes yeah man um, it's one of those things sometimes you can think you got something really hot right and then uh, it doesn't really take off but then you think and oh man this is going to be whack and then boom it goes crazy so that's one of the things um, I think one of the things my biggest um one of my and I, you know I, i'm gonna go ahead and not take credit for it but i'll say i was a part of having a vision for it was um, at hopkins when they did the world's the first ever whole penis transplant <laughs> and we um had the animation and me and my coworker were on the same page it was like we don't need to just tweet the image we need to actually tweet this animation video so when we tweet it people will see how it's done they did this really cool animation they you know somebody put together and then the response we got on twitter was crazy over two million views over four thousand retweets something you know it was our biggest re- most retweeted tweet ever um and then of course the trolls that was made it great because we really sat there laughing you know and then just having it when that happened we had to deal with the media request so i was i spent like you know part of my job is also when the media comes is to escort them to the doctors because you can't just have the cameras rolling around so as long as i'm my badge shows okay i'm you know a media rep for hopkins is fine so being able to take them, you know, there and have them deal with the uh, media, that was pretty cool. Um, but definitely some of the snags can be that, um, you know, trying to figure out creative ways to get people to understand the, the complicated science, especially when I was at the American Heart Association meetings, because I was like, man, I don't understand none of this stuff. You know, it was like all a different language to me but my co-worker I always say she's probably one of the smartest people I know because she couldn't take that and she was like so this is what happens and this is why your blood does this and I was like oh okay that makes sense yeah so like you know just being creative in general to where you I mean people rely on you to make things and um, you know kind of make their vision you know a real thing uh, how many times? Because I know I know it's happened to me. How many times have you just kind of like did a prototype for something? You know, just to kind of you know get it out of your head onto a paper or something like that, or on a to a monitor, and it's just your prototype. You're not done with it. You haven't uh, buffed out the rough edges and whatnot. And somebody saw it, and it was like, "That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's that's exactly what I wanted." Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's happened a few times. You know. Um yeah, it's happened a few times. My uncle, a lot of times, he, um, my uncle who actually got me into wrestling, and he's more like we're ten years, little close to eleven years apart, so he's more like a big brother. But um, you know, he got me into wrestling as well as he taught me how to play drums. He's asked me to do some work for him, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm like, all right, here, what you think of this? He's like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I want. I'm like, oh okay, you know, I could have probably did better. So, I mean, we talked about wrestling and other things quite a much. You also, you was talking briefly about how your uncle taught you how to play drums and everything. And I seen you getting down and everything. <laughs> and um, I like, is that a part of your, your family or whatever? Is just like, is he the only one with the musical talent or is it just like a family spread thing? Um, you could say it's family spread. Uh, so my grandfather used to sing gospel quartet back in the 60s, 70s. And um, he used to sing, it was probably about the 70s, he sang. Uh, my grandmother was singing, and you know, later when my mother got into it, my other uncle was playing the bass guitar. Then um, my uncle was closer to me in age, he started playing the drums at probably about, I think they said about five or six. They said they went to take him to school, and the 
teacher said, like, I, he's already advanced. Um, I started playing at the age of five. My dad actually plays bass guitar. My dad, it's funny because my parents actually met in the gospel quartet field because my um, dad would see my uh, grandfather. Um, but he also would see my mother at some of the uh, programs, as they call it. And, you know, he had told one of his uh, guys, like, yeah, you know, I want to talk to her. And this is that and the other. Um, he first uh, took an interest. My mother was in a previous marriage. But then afterwards, he found out she wasn't married anymore. So, <laughs> you know, he went and, you know, talked to her and they, you know, got together. And I'm here. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, um, my Dad still, um, you know, he still plays. He plays bass and he can play lead guitar. And then uh, my mother doesn't sing. She's singing church on the choir. Um, I've made the joke and said we need to get a family group together. Um, you know, my sister is getting ready to get married next year, and her fiance likes to sing. He's they used to always joke and call him Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> um, but my sister can sing my mother can sing my wife can sing um i can't i don't i wasn't gifted with that talent yeah, you know say, so you, i was yeah, about to say, you're kind of raspy right now i don't think you got the uh, in you <laughs> <laughs> right you know so like my uncle can actually sing too the one who played drums every now and again he might you know sing on instagram or whatnot but um no, I started playing in a gospel family group with um, this guy, Eddie Williams, who was my, he sang with my grandfather back in the day. And his family, uh, they kind of took me on as their additional member of the family. I've been with, I'm 32 now, I've been with the group since I was eight, about four weeks, three weeks after my 18th birthday. So, but yeah, I've been playing, um, yeah, I've been playing drums since, you know, learned how to play at five, but actually played in a church that started at 12. Yeah. I don't think I got to live up my my, my drumming potential. Um, I think it was about uh, maybe seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, around here from where I'm from in Louisiana, like um, back then, the high schools, all the black high schools at least, had like a rivalry at just about everything, and especially um, battle of the bands and everything like that. So. Before I got into high school, you know, seventh, eighth grade, well, seventh grade, I was like, I'm gonna join the band, and uh, I was like, I ain't know what I wanted to play, so um, they had, uh, you know, all these instruments and shit. You can rent them and shit. You can yeah. buy your own and bring it in or whatever. And I was like, man, that's gonna be too expensive. So I was kind of conscious of uh, my living situation because, like, all right, if I get this fucking trombone or whatever the hell now, I ain't gonna be able to get some other fly shit later on. So I was just like, man. I'm trying for the drums. I mean, it's just two pieces of wood or whatever. It's two little sticks. I can I can afford that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I did the uh, little freaking the beat copy test with the with the uh, band teacher or whatever. She would play a beat on the table, and I had to copy hers and shit. And uh, I did pretty good, but it was just like I don't know, man. It was either favoritism or whatever the case may be, because it was just like a whole bunch of us on percussion and everybody would get a turn to play but I would never get to play like for school events I mean we would go to class and practices and everything but like when we have like a pep rally or anything like that I would never get to play in any events and I was just like oh that's whack yeah I was just like man fuck this I mean shit I could I could read the notes I can play the music what the fuck why can't I play so mm-hmm. I, just, like, I just eased on out of it I, I just was like well shit I ain't gonna get the opportunity to play other than beating on my math books in the classroom so I was like, I quit. <laughs> I don't play. Shit, I tried to do the same thing with piano, but that I figured out real quickly that all my fingers don't work like that. You know? <laughs> man, I took a piano. They called it keyboard in class in our high school. Took keyboard one and two, and I was you know I still can't tell the difference between ascendo, crescendo, and all that. Like I know what it means, but just like. Like, I don't understand how to apply that to the actual keyboard. Yeah, because, like, I know where middle C is. <laughs> yep, that's, there you go. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, every good boy does fine. Yeah. All cows eat grass. <laughs> Face. <laughs> hell yeah, I could play a beat and Mary had a little lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I could do the little joint from Big. Dun, 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 dun. I could do that. But that's, that's My- the extent of it. <laughs> 
So my which my uh, for my final, I had to play America the Beautiful, and I aced that. And you know, of course, I was thinking WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, because that's you know Vince loves America the Beautiful, which you know I say, hey, with that, that's what they should sing instead of the national anthem. But that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. If you would start singing that, I would take a knee just now. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, shit. But hey, man, um, I'm gonna have to wind it down right about here, man. I appreciate you after all this time, you know, taking the time out to sit here and chat with me, man. I learned a lot about you. Um, I learned you don't know how to work your microphone equipment over there for a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but um, as with any guest that comes on the show, especially you, because you uh-huh. introduced me to some fine uh, wrestling figures in my life. Uh, you're welcome on the show anytime that you want to come back and promote anything, plug anything, or just bullshit about wrestling, man. I also do a wrestling podcast to where we're not that conventional to where we always do spoilers and all the other bullshit. We just fuck around, talk about wrestling past, present, and future. And some, okay. sometimes we uh, talk, we do the, we got a segment on there called Promo in the Bank to where we randomly cash in and do promos on each other. Oh, nice. So don't be trying to steal my ideas. It's copyright. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, man. That's all you. But before we go, man, uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media or even elicit your services for social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to listen to services, especially at B Waters Productions, uh, but you can follow me, follow the stuff I'm doing at Brian H. Waters, whether it's uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, just search for me, Brian H. Waters. Um, you know, I'm very responsive, but because I just enjoy people I enjoy talking um, so and then of course the wrestling realm at wrestling realm and that is realm with a W uh, so shout out to my mother because that was her idea as far as the spelling and just to see like wow it's really become a brand um, yeah yeah, so you know you can follow me there. Follow Wrestling Realm on Instagram, Twitter, and of course subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out the NWO video. Look, that video is over a year old, but I'm gonna still plug the heck out of it because it took hours to make. Uh, and it took a couple hours to make, plus transferring all the footage so that we, when the real Dwayne Allen edited, it, shout out to him, he had every single angle in which we was filming. So yeah. But all right, man. Uh, once again, I appreciate your time, and you're welcome to come back anytime you would. Like. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. And that was the, the delightful Brian Waters. It was uh, great to finally speak with the man voice to voice and everything. Like I said, um, I've been Instagram and social media stalking him and whatnot. And um, he introduced me to Kiara Hogan, and it came full circle because I was able to get Kiara Hogan on the show and meet Kiara Hogan and that might have never even happened if it wasn't for this guy so I appreciate him very much for that and um yeah check him out Wrestling Realm uh, elicit some of his services that he uh, offers for your companies your brand whatever it may be here we are on Christmas Eve 2018 and you know, I'm just getting back from Louisiana, visiting family, friends, and whatnot. It was a great time, and um, now I'm back here spending the remainder of my off days at home here in Houston. Um, before I say anything else, I'd like to uh, wish all of you the very happiest of holidays. I'm not going to say Merry Christmas. Uh-huh, I just said Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. But, you know... Enjoy the time that you have off if you have it, uh, if you're working. Uh, just know that, you know, depending on what your goals are, you're putting your work in right now so you can achieve those things. So I wish you all the best in uh, everything that you're doing out there. Um, and from the Robinson family, we wish you the happiest of holidays. Yay! My, my eight-year-old's been running around for the past couple of days talking about it's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. You know, the other two are jaded now. I mean, they're all damn near adults. My boy just turned 16 on the 23rd. So um, he's a, a, a little man. <laughs> uh, but then next month, my oldest turns 18 and she'll be a little woman still. And then the eight-year-old is 30 already, so <laughs> she already grown. 
but time is flying so that's why I'm stressing that um, you take the time to slow down I guess but whatever do what you do I don't know I just feel weird uh, it, it, I, I get a little weird when I do these recordings and everything after it's past the scheduled time to do them because you know I always set the mandate that I got to put the episode out on Sundays and now I done flown all over the United States not for real, but you know, back and forth Louisiana, having this uh, unexpected time off with the freaking government shut down and everything. I mean, it doesn't affect my paychecks or whatever, but you know, I work at government owned buildings. So if no one's there to, you know, for me to secure, right? <laughs> There's no need for me to be there. But um, yeah, I'm gonna get out of here, man. I'm just stumbling over my words. It's just weird right now. But, um, appreciate you for listening and got some great episodes coming up what do i have another episode before we end the year let me check my calendar i mean i have another episode but will it be out before no this is the last episode of 2018 so the next episode you know i'm lying i have one out on the 30th i don't my calendar is weird in my phone. I changed it to where, because you know, usually when you look at a calendar, the first day of the week is Sunday. In my phone, the first day of the week is Monday. So I looked at it. Yeah, my bad. So there's one more episode left in 2018 for the Random Rounds with Rob. I don't know which one that is. I had to dig through the archives because, you know, I stack them and I shuffle them around. So um, look forward to the next episode. And with that being said, Merry Christmas once again. Happy holidays. Um, you can find me on social media at It's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place to do it. Um, if you want to follow this show on the internet, you can use at 3R Show on Twitter. You can just look up the Random Rounds with Rob on Instagram and Facebook, and you'll find it. Um, me and my wife. Uh, should be recording a new episode of The Real Robinsons, which you can follow on Twitter at The Real Robinsons and also Instagram at The Real Robinsons. Um, Wrestling is trash. Um, new episodes are up right now. We just did a top five entrance themes. And um, I think at the time it was the TLC predictions. So you can see how horribly wrong we were in our predictions or however right we were. <laughs> And you can go to randomrobcast.com to find many different ways that you can help support the show and help it grow. You can use my Amazon links. You can uh, buy merchandise from the merch store at wehavemerch.com. All the links for that are on randomrobcast.com. And you can be a patron, just like so many of the people that support me right now. I very much appreciate y'all. Happy holidays to you all as well. I might have something coming in for you um, within this new year and whatnot so be checking for that in the mail and um the best way that you can support the show the free way you don't have to spend any money to do this and um you can carry this over into any other podcast that you listen to you can uh, like subscribe retweet and write reviews five stars preferably but if it's anything four stars and below leave some constructive criticism so we can uh, try to make the show better for you or ignore you entirely so, with that being said, I'll see you next time. All right.